Today, we're diving into a topic that has been gaining a lot of attention in the scientific and Christian circles, that is trauma and how it is stored in our bodies. Just as Psalms 139.13 says, we are woven in our mother's wombs and this means our bodies and spirits are intricately connected. To experience holistic healing from a Christian perspective, we will look at just how these two concepts, when used together, can bring healing and wholeness. And I'll also share from the psychological and the Christian perspective what you can do to heal when trauma is stored in your body. So let's get into it. Hey, sister friend, welcome to the Shades of Trauma Healing podcast. I'm Jenny L. Taylor, a trauma coach, trauma thriver, and daughter of God, living loved. This space is for you, sisters, who want to begin healing and living fully, but the effects of childhood trauma keeps you stuck, scared, and unfulfilled. I'm so glad you're here. In this podcast, you'll receive trauma education, practical strategies, biblical applications, and motivational tips to support your trauma healing journey. So grab your journal, settle into your favorite spot, and let's get started. Back in seminary, I took a course that encouraged me to take a position on the connection between psychology and spirituality because as some of you may know for a long time it seems like the two just would not mix they were mutually exclusive while I was doing that course I remember one quote that really stuck with me and as I began to learn more and more about somatic and body intervention I see how it's related to healing trauma the quote is by Erickson and it's taken from the book Christian Theology page 539 It says the Christian who desires to be spiritually healthy will give attention to such matters as diet, rest and exercise. Any attempt to deal with one's spiritual condition apart from his physical condition and mental and emotional state will be less than completely successful. As with any attempt to deal with man's emotions apart from his relationship with God. End quote. In this quote, I believe Erickson is saying that as Christians, we can't just focus on spirituality without looking at our physical, mental, and emotional health. Healing in all these areas, this is what is required to be spiritually mature and healthy. When we think of physical health, we tend to think of exercising the muscles, eating well, joint care, and so forth. And there is another side to the physical, which is the nervous system. Care for this part of our body is also important, especially when it comes to trauma and achieving holistic wellness. I heard a preacher describe the holistic healing like a car, and he talked about the four wheels on the car. There is a wheel for emotional wellness, one for physical, one for spiritual, and one for mental. Yes, the car would have an engine and the engine needs to be running in tip-top condition. However, to have a smooth drive and to achieve proper functionality of this car, there must be air in all four tires. So he went on to say that many Christians focus on pumping air into the spiritual tires, but they leave the other three tires without any air. And no car can operate safely like that. And we should not operate like that either. 
Getting back to the course I mentioned, as I wrestled with my view and where I landed on the whole idea of psychology and spirituality, I came to stop on what is called the Christian psychology view. Now, this view says that the Bible shows us everything we need to know in order to heal and grow. However, psychology and the Bible are not seen as equals. Psychology would always bow a knee to scripture. At the same time, we know that the Bible gives us what we need for spiritual growth. However, psychology exists and proper research and use of psychology can help us to support what scripture tells us to do. We know that humanity was created as holistic beings with bodies, minds, emotions, and so on. So we get to explore from a Christian and a psychological perspective how sin and trauma affects all these areas. I wanted to share this information with you just to give you a bit more insight into where I'm coming from as I talk as a somatic trauma practitioner. And maybe if you're struggling on where you land on the connection between theology or spirituality and psychology, what I shared may be helpful to you. I definitely believe that the Bible is the foundation for life and healing. And I believe that we can use psychology to support scripture and the body in the healing process. The two do not have to be mutually exclusive, but scripture takes the leading role. Now that that is established, let's talk about trauma and the body. When we experience traumatic events, it's not just our minds that bears the burden or the weight. Our bodies often retain the memories too. Have you ever found yourself jumping when you hear a loud noise or you get startled when you hear something that reminds you of a scary incident, even long after the incident has happened? That is your body remembering. And I'll give you an example. A few years ago, I was helping to decorate a wedding hall for a friend receptions and we were filling helium balloons. One of the balloons suddenly popped and you know, a popped helium balloon sounds very, very loud. At the sound of the pop, one of the other decorators immediately hit the floor and took a safety position. At the time, I didn't know as much about trauma and the body as I do now, but I remember wondering what had she seen or what had she been through to make dropping to the floor her automatic response to a balloon popping. This is an example of the body remembering, and that's because when a traumatic event happens, our brain sends survival signals to our body, and this activates either a fight, a flight, or a freeze response. When this trauma reaction continues over an extended period of time, or if that response is very extreme, the body can continue to respond as if the threat is still present, even if it is not. Even long after the event, anything that someone might see or hear, touch, smell, or taste, this can remind the mind of the trauma, and the mind will then treat this like a real or present threat. The body goes into the learned survival response and this happens automatically. This is where you find yourself reacting before you even have time to make a conscious decision or you go around feeling afraid or uneasy, not even aware of why you're operating like this. Even though you're not consciously processing threat, 
Somehow your brain and your body is on the lookout and working together to keep you safe by keeping you in survival mode. That is being activated and ready to protect yourself. Knowing this shows us that we have to address the body, the mind and the emotions when we are seeking trauma healing. Please understand that addressing your trauma from a somatic lens does not mean that you are denying your faith. It's actually an invitation to dive deeper into your experience so you can get the healing that you want. When Jesus walked this earth, he paid attention to people's body, didn't he? He healed the sick. He gave people back their eyesight. He made the lame walk. And because he recognized that the body needed healing just as much as the spirit, we ought to do the same. And we know that the nervous system is part of the body. But we often, unless we're dealing with trauma from a trained perspective, we often don't talk about healing the nervous system, but it is part of the body. To understand how the body stores trauma, we have to look at the central nervous system and the fact that the amygdala sends signals to the body, as I mentioned before, to enter that fight, flight or freeze mode as an immediate response to threat. We don't have to be neuroscientists for this, but it is essential to know how you and your body respond to the trauma you face. I've talked in previous episodes about how hormones get dumped into your body at the time of a traumatic event and how important it is to process and release what you've experienced. In traumatic situations, when you cannot escape the threat, when you cannot have the release, the body becomes stuck in a state of trauma event, and this means physically stuck. This causes neurotransmitters and hormone balances to get thrown off which leads to lingering stress or heightened alertness. And these physical changes also lead to chronic health issues such as cardiovascular disease, gastrointestinal problems, weakened immune function, and a dysregulated nervous system. So we have the traumatic event happening and all these these chemicals or hormones get dumped into the system. There is a process to get those released. But if we don't have that releasing process, everything gets stuck and just stays there. And this is what goes on to cause the emotional and physical problems. Another area of the brain that plays an important part is the hippocampus. This is the part that is associated with memory storage and retrieval. This also gets affected by trauma. Again, if the brain is stuck because of the traumatic event, then traumatic memories might not get stored or processed properly. When they get stuck, they can lead to symptoms like flashbacks or nightmares or dissociated experiences. If our bodies can store trauma, causing us to walk around with this automatic trauma response that just activates whenever we consciously or subconsciously sense threat, how can we find healing? We're talking today about both psychology and spirituality, so I'll cover some ways that you can get healing from both perspectives. So some of the psychological approaches to healing include somatic therapies, and somatic therapies are based on the fact that trauma is stored in the body. And such professionals, they use body awareness techniques to help clients facilitate healing. 
The professionals understand that the body has an innate ability to heal and restore itself. Just like if you were to get a cut on a part of your body, providing it's not infected or it hasn't gotten bacteria in it, if it's washed and clean, the body will begin to repair itself. So somatic professionals take the same approach to the nervous system. And generally, these therapies help individuals reconnect with their bodies so that they can process traumatic memories and change habitual physical responses to the trauma, bringing relief and healing from the effects of the trauma. The other approach is cognitive behavioral therapy or CBT. I know many of my trauma professionals who may be listening to this might think, why are you talking about CBT? I talk about CBT because yes, it is a cognitive approach in that it is talk therapy. The fact is that it is an evidence-based approach that can help reframe negative thought patterns, which allows a person to respond rather than react to triggers. Trauma often leads to distorted thinking patterns, and with CBT, we get to look at thoughts, feelings, and behaviors and how they are connected. This approach is not a one-size-fits-all for trauma treatment. In fact, I only use CBT to complement somatic treatment because I recognize that we need to work with both the body and the mind when addressing trauma. Brain spotting is another type of therapy used to help with the healing of trauma. I have experienced brain spotting myself and based on the healing I experienced, I went on to train as a brain spotting practitioner. So I may be slightly biased here, but I'm just giving you guys three examples. You can certainly research or talk to your professional about which method is right for you. These are three that I am mentioning that would help when trauma is stored in the body. Well, two would help when trauma is stored in the body. And the third one, CBT, would help process the thoughts that come up, which is connected to the trauma. So brain spotting is based on the premise that where you look affects how you feel. It uses the relevant eye position, which is where someone looks, coupled with the somatic or body sensation that someone feels. So for example, if someone is feeling anxiety in their body, they may understand or be able to identify that I feel it in my chest or I feel my stomach begin to turn. So looking at the sensory experience, what is felt in the body and using that to connect with where the person is looking, you can find your brain spot. Have you ever noticed if you're talking with someone and they look slightly up to the left or up to the right while they're talking to you and then they make eye contact again? If you've noticed that, that is someone accessing the memories in the brain. This is the premise on which brain spotting is founded. You pay attention to where someone is looking and then you connect that to what they're feeling in their body. And if the sensation heightens based on where they're looking, you found your brain spot. At that brain spot, a trained professional will help the client process the stored or stuck memories that is stored in that particular part of the brain. It is also important for the professional to stay with the person, to be with them, to hold space for them and help them use mindfulness to process and release the memories, which is often the root of the physical or emotional problems. 
What I like about brain spotting is that it uses the brain and the body's natural ability to self-scan and to self-heal so that it moves the body or the nervous system back to a state of equilibrium or regulation. These are just some of the psychological techniques as I mentioned. So we're moving now to the Christian perspective. I would recommend starting with knowing your sacred worth, understanding who you are as a daughter of God, understanding that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit, and you can instill a sense of reverence and care towards yourself and open your mind to the fact that the body does need to heal from trauma as well. Prayer is another important one. If you've listened to this podcast long enough, you know that I love prayer and there isn't anything that I don't take to God. An intimate conversation with God where one can lay out their traumas, their hurts, their fears, their hopes, this can be deeply soothing and healing. I've prayed many prayers asking God to reveal to me and my counselor or my coach what needed to be healed so that we can work on it together because I know that God made me and he knows me better than I know myself, much less my helping professional. And in my healing journey, God has healed certain traumas or the effects of certain traumas overnight, while with others, he led me to reading the right materials or listening to the right messages or to the right helping professional. Remember, God often works through people, so there is no shame in seeking professional help. The other method I would recommend is to seek community. The church as Christ's body is a place of mutual support. No, I know that as soon as I say that, someone would be thinking, really, I've had so much church hurt and they would balk at this statement. If that is you, I'm sorry that you have experienced that and I can identify with you. I know what it's like. I also know that there are other supportive godly people in the body of Christ, or you can find supportive godly people in support groups who can facilitate emotional and spiritual healing from a place of love. Even when one or a few people have hurt you, I encourage you not to give up on the entire body, but take time, take time to pray even and ask God to show you safe godly people that you can turn to for support. Next, we come to scripture. Biblical stories and verses are definitely a source of comfort and it can provide hope and resilience and it gives a picture of who God wants us to be so we know what we can work towards. And because God is the one who created the plans for our lives, we can read in scripture how he holds true to his promises, how he is faithful and how he would get us to where we need to go. And in the moments when things get really tough and it's painful, he will carry us in his bosom because of how much he loves us. The final area from the Christian perspective would be physical practices. And this would look like Christian meditation or deep breathing exercises, which can help in releasing stored up trauma. I outlined some of the physical practices in episodes 9 and 10, so I won't repeat it here. You can go back and listen to those if you haven't done so already. 
So these are some of the psychological and the spiritual ways that someone can achieve healing from trauma that is stored in the body. It starts with understanding that we are holistic creatures, we are physical, we are emotional, we are spiritual, and we can seek healing in all three domains. Our journey with trauma healing isn't a sign of weakness. Although trauma is disruptive, it does not have to define you. The body's ability to store trauma simply shows how intricately designed we are. And when we understand the physiological implications of trauma and when we ground that understanding in faith and biblical principles, healing becomes an attainable goal, a goal that we can achieve and enjoy. Until next week, my sister friends, stay hopeful as you pursue the healing that God has for you. I'll see you next week. If this podcast encouraged, inspired, or taught you something, do share it with another sister friend who needs support in her healing journey. I would also love for you to go to Apple Podcast right now and leave a review for the show. Thanks for listening. I'm cheering for your healing. Until next week, breathe and be blessed.